Tune into the Weekend Sports Buzz every Saturday morning from 9 until 11 with Mike Gandolfo and Haven Harrington, and every Sunday morning from 10 until noon with myself, Kelly Patrick, and Carlo Kellum right here on 1450 AM for the best weekend sports talk in the Kentuckiana region. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. For Carlo Kellum, I am Kelly Patrick. Got plenty to talk about this morning. The Louisville Cardinals... Avenge their loss against um, University of Central Florida from last week and they beat South Florida handily yesterday. Got some NASCAR news. I know Carolina Steve will be calling in about. Uh, interesting rule instituted by Alabama regarding the tickets that they give to their student section. All sorts of college football to talk. Carlo and I both being NBA guys. I'm hoping to touch on at least a little bit the significance of Greg Oden going to play for the Miami Heat. Just days away from tip-off. Tip-off is Tuesday for the Heat. Will Greg Oden matter? Calvin Burrell fell off a horse and got trampled. We'll talk to Brian the Insider early in the first hour about that. Who's going to win the Western Conference in the NBA? I'm looking forward to it. World Series is going on. I can't stand the Red Sox. But the most important... <laughs> News of the today of today is Carlo. What is the top story for our show for our weekend sports buzz today? In your eyes, Carlo. Well, I think we always like to kick off the first hour with talking a little college football. A lot okay. of great action on hand last uh, yesterday, as you said, the Louisville Cardinals coming back to a uh, a winning form of ways, beating uh, South Florida. Uh, you know, South Florida is where Willie Taggart is, WKU's old coach, right? It is, and they he didn't they did not look good. But you, you know, got to give him a little bit of time. Yeah, you know this is Willie Taggart's first year. You know I me, mean? I'm a I'm a West Kentucky graduate. He was actually the quarterback when I was at school there. Uh, ran the option. Yeah, ran. That's all they did. Uh, third and thirty five. They're running the option. They're not. They what? They didn't pass the ball at all. <laughs> that's all they did was run. But South Florida's looking pretty bad this year. You know, this is his first year. You know, he he could have stayed at WKU as a coach and and reti- been there twenty years and retired and had a great life. But I guess he had to take a gamble, go to South Florida, and it's not looking too pretty right now. I don't think if he if he repeats this next year, he won't be there too long. No. I mean, even, you know, we talk about Stoops. It's not looking – I mean, we talked about this charisma and all this great energy he's bringing to the, uh, Kentucky, but we're still losing. We're going to have Rocco Gasparro, the sports information director for the football team for the University of Louisville, joining us about 10.30 this morning. Get his take on Louisville's – Victory in Tampa yesterday. Teddy Bridgewater once again looked good. Had some great numbers. Dominique Brown had a big game. Marcus Smith recorded a couple sacks. The South Florida offense hasn't scored a touchdown since, like, against Miami. I mean, they were not a good offense. At all. But at the same time, the cards did look good. So, well, can you I, take much away from this victory is well, my question I, to you, Carlo. Actually, I think the Teddy Bridgewater got hit a lot in that game. I'm pretty sure he's going to be he's he sore did. this morning. You're but right. He, he took uh, a couple big shots. He took some big shots. They were putting his hand, their hands on him. 
you know, it's kind of like they still, you know, it was thirty-four to three, but at one point it was seventeen to three, and I don't, I'm not saying that they're, they're, it's like they play down to the competition sometimes. You know, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but you know, they, they get the victory, but I think you know they, I, we, I get, do we expect them to win by more? Should they put up sixty points on the team like South Florida? Maybe to prove a point. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I. But regardless of the fact they win, what I'm concerned about is what's coming up uh, pretty soon is when they have to play Houston. You saw what Houston did to Rutgers last yesterday. 49-14, stomped Rutgers. And Louisville struggled against Rutgers. So now this is a game that's on the schedule that the Louisville fans have to worry about. Uh, you know, are they going to be able to beat Houston? Because Houston, looks they looked pretty good yesterday. Yes, they did. They smacked around Rutgers. Rutgers uh, went toe-to-toe with Louisville uh, several, weeks, several weeks ago. I was happy to be at that game. But it'll be interesting to see how they uh, play against the Houston team. The big potential for Louisville's season this year obviously hinges on Central Florida losing two conference games. They haven't lost one yet. The 3-0 in the AAC. They stomped Connecticut yesterday, 62-17. Keep in mind, Connecticut is 0-7 and at a very low point for that football program. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of left out in the cold. They don't know where their conference affiliation will lie in the future. So UCF, 62-17, the number 23-ranked Central Florida, had a big win yesterday. Hurt the chances for Louisville to make a BCS you know, appearance. I think, I think Someone that, from the AAC yeah. is going to represent the, the automatic qualifying conference in a BCS bowl. Will it be Central Florida or Louisville? Well, you think at the beginning of the season, people were talking about Central Florida representing the conference. Uh, team other than Louisville. When you see when you looked at Louisville's schedule, do you ever think you'd be talking about another team representing the conference? I did BCS game. I certainly didn't. Wow. That's the beauty, I guess, about college football. You just never know what happens. What can happen? Or who's going to step up? Got Brian the Insider will be calling us shortly. We are going to head to a break. Looking forward to a great first hour with not only Brian the Insider but Rocco Gasparo. Carlo and I will be back with more weekend sports buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host Kelly Patrick. I am Carlo Kellum on the line. Talk a little horse racing. Brian the Insider. How's it going, Brian? Oh, great morning, guys. How's everybody doing? Doing wonderful. A lot of action this past weekend well, at Keeland. I'm sorry, you went? I said it was a lot of action this past weekend at Keeland. Oh, yeah, it was a great. Uh, I was just reading this morning. Keeland set uh, records in both attendance and handle. Those bets, the handles, the betting amount uh, at this fall meet, just unbelievable attendance. And uh, the Keeland, you know, a lot of people want to say, as I know is a favorite topic of you guys, boxing. I hear it a lot. I heard it yesterday. Box racing, boxing and horse racing are dead. Uh, neither one are, especially horse racing. It's, uh, it's, it's very alive. It's just got to be at the right places. So Keeneland really finished up a beautiful meet. And I'm very excited to tell you Churchill Downs opens this afternoon and they have their two year old stars out. Those next year, Derby and Oaks horses are going to be running today. They've got two big, uh, stakes races. Um, the Rags to Riches. In the street sense, both named after the 2007 Oaks and Derby winner. They'll be going today. It's all two-year-olds all day, and they've got a bunch of them in there. So 
this afternoon opens it up, but I got to tell you guys, I'm most excited about this lead in to Breeders' Cup week. Uh, for starting Friday night, uh, you know, with the three hour delay from California, uh, it'll be the ladies' night where they'll be running the, the Breeders' Cup races capped by the uh, distaff. Uh, which is basically the the uh, classic distance for the ladies on Friday, and then just another full card of Breeders' Cup races on Saturday from Santa Anita. So horse racing, I mean, there's two big days, two big weeks each year, in my opinion. One is Derby Week, and the other is leading into the Breeders' Cup, and that's a week we're embarking on. Hey, Brian, the big story from this past weekend is Calvin Burrell being thrown from the horse and uh, Trump. I think he suffered a broken leg. What's the latest update on his condition? Uh, good question. He had some good mounts going into the uh, Breeders' Cup, and uh, it looks like he's going to be out three to four weeks. Uh, he suffered a concussion and did break his, t- I think, his tibia. So, uh, bad fall for Calvin. Calvin's getting a little, you know, long in the tooth to be taking those kind of falls, but that that's a reminder of how dangerous that job is. I mean, you're getting on 1,200-pound animals and uh, going about 40 miles an hour, and they start and stop, and they fall down. I was just reading this morning a uh, horse by the name of Points Off the Bench, who was going to be the favorite for the uh, Breeders' Cup sprint, uh, was out on the Santa Anita track yesterday, routine gallop, um, broke down, had to be put down, euthanized. Uh, horse had won two grade ones coming in. So, I mean, you know, horse racing, it, it's a reminder when you hear about Calvin and you hear about the Points Off the Bench and other horses that this is still a very dangerous sport and a lot of things can happen a lot of people can get hurt brad what does this do to the psyche of a guy like calvin burrell he's gonna say he's getting older he is older i mean is this something common you know he's, i'm pretty sure he's fell before but what does it do to the psyche of him moving forward you know is he gonna have a is he gonna have like some type of phobia now when he rides well you, you, that's a great question i tell you you know these guys are made of steel i mean gary stevens who's uh, come back after a, a long, he's in his 50s now and r- riding at top level and be running in the Breeders' Cup. I mean, he took some of the most horrendous spills I've ever seen. The one that I, comes to mind was in 2002 um, in the uh, at, in the Arlington Million at the finish line. His horse was in first, and he got thrown from it and then trampled by his horse and about three other ones in the most dramatic thing I've ever seen. And he popped back up and came back. You know, you would say that that would, you know, certainly would affect my decision to get back on the horse, but, uh, I fully predict Calvin gets better, comes back on, and the old adage is you got to get back on the horse when you've been thrown. These guys got just unbelievable courage, and, uh, I don't think we'll see any disruption from Calvin once he gets back on. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Brian, nationally, Kentucky's obviously huge in the world of horse racing. California is also. We've seen guys like Jim Rome come aboard. He owns some horses. This past week, we got to see at Santa Anita, Conan O'Brien, obviously very well-known guy based out of California, call a race. Is that reflective of the, the state of horse racing is thriving? Or, I mean, that, that seems to me that star power is crossing over from guys like Jim Rome and Conan O'Brien and, you know, Rick Bettino. And we've heard of all these guys getting into the horse racing. Why is Conan O'Brien involved in horse racing? That's a great question, too. I, it just goes to show you that at the high levels, Santa Anita racing, Keeneland racing, Churchill Downs, there's other high-level tracks. 
it is thriving, and people want to be associated with those celebrities that are, you know, Rashard Lewis, the NBA player for the Heat, he's big in it. Wells Welker, he's got horses. Uh, Jake DeLome, he's 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 got a stable. As a matter of fact, I think he's a retired. Uh, now he is a trainer. So yeah, people, you know, it is just obviously. I just love it. It's it's a fantastic sport, and the more exposure younger people and younger celebrities get involved in it, the more shot at the highest level. Now, you know, the the smaller tracks we've seen it here in Kentucky with Turfway Park. If you're not putting out a quality product when when it's fairly warm and sunny, uh, and they've got the misfortune of running in the winter. Uh, you're not going to attract. It's not going to be hip. You're not going to see the celebrities come out. But at the highest level, horse racing is thriving. And this week's going to be a great example with Breeders' Cup. I mean, you're going to see a lot of people. You know, uh, Bill uh, Bill Parcells. He he won a couple big races. Belmont closed in New York yesterday. But Bill Parcells, the ex Giants coach, Hall of Fame coach, he's big into it. Joe Torrey. He's got, he owns Game On Dude, Joe Torrey. Game On Dude is the Breeders' Cup classic favorite. Bob Baffert trained. Uh, he's at his home track. Uh, he's been the favorite. He's running the classic the last, this will be his third straight year, and he's lost it each year. He wins it. He's the horse of the year. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about Wise Dan on the program. But, yeah, going back to Conan, I mean, celebrities like it. It's exciting. It, you know, and, and to have, to be a part of a winning connection, is 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 an experience you can't really duplicate as an athlete or any other sport, in my opinion. Uh, Brian, don't forget. I think November the fifteenth. Kelly's not going to be here, but that doesn't mean you and I still can't <laughs> hang out. So, the sixteenth, yeah, I'm counting yeah. on it. We uh, a couple Saturdays night races, and I tell you what, you'll be excited to see the young people, and they get dressed up. A lot of young, pretty girls, guys, all dressed to the tees. I mean, it's their chance to come out dressed from dressed in press. You know, as I mentioned last week, they don't bet a lot, but they're betting some, and they're drinking, and they're having a good time. They're paying that $10 uh, cover fee to get in. There's bands. Uh, you'll be shocked with the excitement you'll see at a night race. And there's only one this week at uh, at Churchill Downs, uh, one this meet, I'm sorry, in the uh, November. They're running 25 days. So, I mean, it's a uh, – you know, the amazing thing, and I'm kind of surprised Churchill's doing it, they're running Wednesday through Sunday. So the only days Churchill will be closed are Monday and Tuesday for the next month. So there'll be a lot of good action out there in the next month. I'm excited about Churchill Open, but I'm really excited about uh, being on the program next Sunday and talking about another spectacular, uh, and this year it's the 30th edition of the Breeders' Cup. Brian, you mentioned Game On Dude. Obviously, at this point, I don't think you'll get much dispute as far as him being the leading contender for Horse of the Year. Despite... Wise Dan's winning streak coming to an end um, earlier in the month at the Shadwell. Um, he is still in the running for Horse of the Year. Do you think Wise Dan has a chance at, at moving ahead of Game On Dude and being Horse of the Year for a second consecutive year? I think if, I think if Game On Dude wins the Classic, he's hands down Horse of the Year. If he falters, which it's proven, he's he's been the favorite the last two years. He finished a very disappointing, I think, eighth last year. So uh, it is no lock. But if he wins the classic, and and why I'm so sure of that is they like they like to give horse of the year to horses that run the classic distance. Wise Dan's a miler, and it's tough for a miler either on grass or turf or grass or dirt. To, to, to win Horse of the Year, just like it's very difficult for a, a filly to win Horse of the Year. They like to give it to those classic distances, and there's no bigger race 
in North America, save the Kentucky Derby, than the Breeders' Cup Classic. No richer race. It's a, I believe it's $6 million race. So if he wins that, it's his for, uh, his for the taking. Baffert said he's never had a horse that's won $5 million that's never been crowned champion. That can all change uh, Saturday about 8.30 Eastern time when they get in the gate for the Breeders' Cup Classic, a blast of the Breeders' Cup races. So if Wise Dan wins the mile again and Game on Dude wins the Breeders' Cup Classic, you got to say it's definitely going to Game on Dude. Definitely. Definitely. I don't think there'll be much debate about it. Uh, but if Wise Dan, who I think is a much surer bet to win his race than Game on Dude is, if Wise Dan wins and Game on Dude slips up, uh, it's going to really shape up well for Wise Dan to get his second consecutive uh, horse of the year honors, which is unbelievable feat. And, uh, and the nice thing about uh, both of those horses is they're both geldings, and I expect them both to be back in top form next year. So, I mean, we may be talking about these two guys battling that out again next year. It's a shame they're not in the same division. You know, Wise Dan can stretch out. Uh, he uh, He's running the Stephen Foster on dirt. Uh, they just prefer him on the turf. They think he's better there. So, is there a shot somewhere maybe next year those two could square off face-to-face? There sure is. be great for horse racing. Don't know that it's going to happen, but because they're both geldings, uh, they'll be back next year, and uh, assuming that nothing, no one gets hurt and they stay in good shape, they should have another exciting and very profitable year for their owners. Brian, thank you very much for the horse racing update. We all look forward to next Saturday, the Breeders' Cup Classic and the Mile. Have a great rest of your weekend, Brian. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. And get out to Churchill Downs. You'll see some world-class racing. Uh, they'll start today with the two-year-olds, and uh, it's, a, it's a great treat to get out there and watch them, and you can get out in the mornings and watch them work. So have a great day, guys. All right, thanks, Brian. I can't wait, man. November 16th, you're going to miss out on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to be suffering down in Naples, Florida, next to a pool. I'll no, make sure I'll, I'll, be, take, I'll take some good pictures. No, no, that'd be great. The night racing is exciting. Everybody likes it. Yeah, yeah, this would actually be my first night racing event. Really? So I can't wait. I've only been to one. And then have a guy like Brian in your corner to break down the, the you know, the, the horses and to help me p- uh, place correct bids is, is going to be very beneficial. Certainly. <laughs> in just about five minutes, we'll be having Rocco Gasparro on the line with us. Talk about yesterday's victory for Louisville over South Florida down in Tampa. Carlo and I will be back with more weekend sports buzz. <laughs> You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome back to your Weekend Sports Buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I am Carlo Kellum. On the line with us, we do have Rocco Gasparro, Rocco the Gasparro. sports information director for the University of Louisville football team, and also an avid Cleveland Browns fan. How are you doing this morning, Rocco? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing Come, great. Coming off the cards, big victory where they avenged their loss from last weekend uh, against the Orlando-based Central Florida. Cards had a big win yesterday in Tampa against South Florida. You know, Marcus Smith had a couple sacks. Teddy, once again, had another great game. A lot of positive things to take away from the game yesterday. Um, right back on track. They need Central Florida to lose, hopefully, um, at least 
Well, to earn a BCS bid, they'll need them to lose two more games. What do you take away from the win yesterday, and is it as significant of a bounce-back victory as I feel like it is? Yeah, I thought it was our most complete game of the season. I thought offensively, defensively, special teams, uh, we played very well, which was a good sign coming off the you know disappointing loss we had, you know, coming up with, with that big lead against Central Florida and wasting that second half lead. I thought it was the most complete game. We ran the football well, probably our best rushing performance of the year, and then Teddy was Teddy as usual. Um, so I, I was very pleased and very happy to see the guys bounce back. Like I knew they would. I knew there's too much talent, too much talent on this team, not to be, uh, not to have a successful season. What I like is that Charlie Strong and Vance Bedford, and this team, they are recruiting, and they have in place very talented players on the defensive side of the ball, in depth at the positions. You know, Marcus Smith's a senior; he'll be gone next year, but. He had a couple sacks yesterday, but there's all sorts of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Looking forward to what I assume will be the post-Teddy Bridgewater era when Louisville gets to, is fortunate enough to play teams like Florida State and Jameis Winston. How do you think this defense of the Louisville Cardinals will hold up next year in the ACC? I think as long as we have the staff that we have in place and um, you know the focus and the emphasis they put on recruiting, I think we'll always be a good defensive team, even when, uh, you know, in the first couple of years when we didn't probably have the talent that we do now, we were still pretty successful on the defensive defensive side of the football just because of the scheme and how much pressure they can put on, on teams. Obviously, it's going to be a big, huge jump in talent, uh, you know, playing teams from the ACC. But with this staff, you never count this staff out. I think it's a very experienced staff. They're great recruiters. They're obviously good, uh, excellent coaches. So I think we'll hold up very well. Now, I know Charlie Strong, Vance Bedford, Sean Watson, and the entire staff are not taking anything for granted. They're not looking past anyone. But realistically, the Cards' next game is against an 0-7 Connecticut. So I don't think that there's a ton of – I mean, you could always lay an egg. You never know. But I don't think there's a ton of reason to be too nervous about the game next week. Against Houston, maybe. Houston's a good team. They had a big win yesterday. A lot to still play out for the cards this season. Now I'm going to jump to your team in the NFL, Rocco. Carlo actually yeah. has a couple questions for you. Hey, Rocco, we all know okay. you're, you're a big Browns fan. And honestly, uh, several weeks ago when they traded away Trent Richardson, they've actually been a better team. I think they've been 3-1 and one since the trade, uh, second in the division. Are you excited about the future of Cleveland football? I am. Uh, at first when I heard the uh, news of the trade, I was a little disappointed because they don't trade – too many top three or four picks away in their second year of their career. So I was a little disappointed. But as I see them, you know, progress and they've got a new staff in place and it looks like they have some vision. Um, but they still need to address the quarterback position and the wide receiver position. And until they do that, I don't know. They were three and one. Or what there was, yeah, they were three and three, now they're three and four. Um, big game today, which they'll probably lose with Jason Campbell. So. It's going to be another long season. I don't see them winning more than five or six games, even though they started off pretty strong. Uh, offensively, they're, just, they're, a, they're a mess with no quarterback. Yeah, you know, Jason Campbell, he, he has a lot of incentives in his contract. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see him back in action. But I, I like what Rob uh, Rob's doing with Cleveland, the new head coach. I think the future it may look bright. I don't know. Uh, it's been a long time since Cleveland's been successful. But I think he's proven that he has what it takes to be a coach in the NFL right now. I like the direction they're heading in under his leadership. Yeah, I do. I think they've done some good things. They've shown, uh, um, you know, some 
going for it on fourth and one, taking some field goals, taking some punts, which I hadn't seen in a long, long time. But it's so disappointing because they were such a proud franchise until they left Cleveland. And since they've been back, they've been they've been nothing but sort of a joke, which is kind of disappointing because they've just been so bad outside of maybe two years um, since returning. They've been so poor. Uh, Rocco, the University of Louisville is one of the greatest programs in uh, college sports right now. I mean, from baseball to football to basketball. Now, right now, everybody's talking repeat. Basketball season's here. I'm looking forward to the basketball season. I think repeat's in the air. Uh, how does it feel to be part of one of the greatest uh, sporting universities in the world, in the country right now? You know, it's it's a lot of fun. It's very exciting. Yeah, certainly it's a lot of work. But I think what you saw this week – we work for probably one of the greatest people in college athletics and Tom George. You know, what he did this week and standing up for Clint Hurt and Charlie Strong, uh, when the easiest thing to do would probably have been to get rid of a coach like that. But Tom stood behind Clint, which tells you a lot about Tom uh, and the person that he is. So it's just very exciting to work for a guy like that who uh, who not only is a, a great boss, but he's a good friend. So it's a, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to work. It's very exciting. We've obviously had a lot of uh, success. We also put in a lot of hard work, which is uh, also exciting because your hard work does pay off. But uh, it's a a good place to be. Um, We have a lot of great things going on. You bring up a great point there, Rocco. Um, I'm an admitted Louisville Cardinals fan working the radio. Um, You know, I'm supposed to be objective, and I do try to be. But a lot of specifically Kentucky fans and other people across the country have been critical of the fact that they're keeping Clint Hurt on staff. I personally kind of laugh at that. I think, Tom, if you don't trust in what Tom Jurich is doing here at the University of Louisville and that he knows what he's doing when he stands behind his man, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what rock you've been sleeping under. This Tom Jurich, um, athletic director, for the, the cards, he knows what he's doing. He He's aware of all the facts. I, I was fortunate to, one of my buddies actually was in a box with him during the loss to Central Florida last week. And he got to see how Jurich handled himself. And he told me he was very nice. His family is very nice and cordial. But that he, you could tell by looking at him that he was thinking the whole time. He didn't lose his composure. He was He is a very thoughtful guy who does his homework. He stays up late at night. And he knows what he's doing when he keeps someone like Hurt on staff. So I, I think you're you're dead on with that, Rocco. The faith that he's shown in the past in Rick Patino, and now that he's shown in Clint Hurt, really speaks volumes about his his faith in his staff and the direction of the program as a whole. No, no question. And you you guys in the public and you guys in the media don't know the information that he knows. So when people say that Clint Hurt was lying and was misleading, they don't have all the facts. They don't know what exactly happened. Yeah, they know what was in an NCA report, but they don't have all the facts, which is a huge reason why Tom is the guy he is, because he had all the facts and he has all the connections and he knew all the information. And that's why he was able to make a very logical and the correct decision, which with, with, with Coach Hurt, excuse me. Rocco, you know, we really appreciate you coming on with us. Good luck uh, for your Browns today, <laughs> trying to stop the Chiefs in their shockingly 7-0 and unbeaten record this season. Who knows? Maybe the Browns will be able to do it at 1 o'clock at Arrowhead Stadium. I think it's called still called Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. What is the key? I'll ask you before you go, Rocco. What is the key to the Browns ending the Chiefs' unbeaten record this year today at 1 o'clock? 
No, not turning the football over and being able to control the football. Kansas City has an excellent defense, and they've uh, shown the ability to create turnovers. If Cleveland can control the football, not turn it over, not give uh, Kansas City short field, and uh, you know get some pressure on Alex Smith. With the defense Cleveland has, they're, they're going to be in every game, but they need, they need to be able to uh, control the football and get some uh, production out of the passing game. They, they don't have much of a running game uh, without Richardson and uh, Willis McGee. He's, I don't know, he's probably a little bit past his prime, but you never know with the NFL. Just go out there and play hard and maybe create some turnovers and see what happens. Great point. Thank you very much, Rocco, for joining us. We look forward to having you on again in the future. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Good stuff there. Yeah, great, great interview. Great stuff yeah. there from Rocco. He's got the inside track on what's going on at the University of Louisville. And as he pointed out, and I've said all along, Tom Jurich made a, a, a decision which at a distance looked like a tough decision to stand behind his man. But I've got a feeling Jurich, I mean, say what you want about Tom Jurich. He's Tom, nobody's fool. Tom Jurich will probably go down as one of the greatest ADs in the history of college sports. He knows what he's doing. He yes. has all the facts. He made what, in his mind, I'm sure is a very simple decision. He's sticking with his man, Clint Hurt. He said that when Clint came on on board with the University of Louisville, that Clint was very honest with him, fully transparent. And Jurich knows all the facts, and he stuck like with said, him. It's obvious he knows what he's doing from, I mean, volleyball, soccer, baseball. University of Louisville is doing it on all, all levels in the, their sports program. And to, for some of he his, doesn't leave anybody out. Field hockey. <laughs> no. For some of his critics to come on board and say that he is a fool or he's making a bad decision for sticking behind Clint Hurt, I, li- I laugh at that. Oh, yeah, like I said, if he, you think this guy doesn't know what he's doing, yeah. I hate to bring it down to this, but you're the fool. If you don't think Tom Jurich is making an informed decision about anything he does— I apologize, but you just lost all credibility in my eyes if, that, if that's truly what you think. Great interview. Rocco also brings up a good point that you never know what happens in the NFL. Lots of parody. Anything can happen. The Browns can Any win given today. Sunday. Any given Sunday. The Browns week, can win today. Last week, I called it. I know we'll get into a little bit more you next hour. with the Colts. I called it. I called it. And I got more predictions to come for the NFL later in the, uh, in the second hour regarding uh, – the, the Denver Broncos. And they're going to lose again today. I'm predicting that. Wow. So, hey, we got a lot to talk about today, man. There is. A lot of, a lot of NFL action. Still a lot we haven't covered. NBA's back. NBA's back. We haven't heard from Carolina Steve. Um, but Bubba Wallace, second African-American NASCAR driver in the history of the sport to ever win a race. Um, one, he's from 20-year-old from Mobile, Alabama. Wow. Daryl Wallace Jr. Who's the first? He's known as Bubba Wallace. The first was actually Wendell Scott. Passed away in 1990, so a long time ago. Wow. He was from Virginia. Um, what, what team is he with, this guy now? Who's he running with? I think he's with Joe Gibbs, right? Joe, Joe Gibbs. I was going to guess Wallace Joe Gibbs. Why Joe Gibbs? I, I don't know. There's some reason I wanted to guy. say Joe Gibbs. I, just, I don't know. I know Let's he's see. very involved in the NASCAR scene. No, but that, that's significant. Um, you know, we, we talked last week about the um, controversy with Appalachian. No. no, Grambling. Grambling. You know what? Don't get me started on that. I'm still disappointed that you never heard of Eddie Robinson, the greatest <laughs> we coach. We don't have to go back into it's it. It's the but. greatest coach of all time and one of the greatest coaches of all time in the college, in college football. I know you hear about the Bear Bryant. You hear about, you know, you know all, those, all the other old guys. But Eddie Robinson, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and we can Google the power of Google, I think Grambling has put almost more players in the NFL than any other school. Wow. 
I will check that out during I, our break. I think that's a I think that's a true stat. Okay, I'll look into it. Um, a couple other stories that we haven't got to. Alabama and Nick Saban has has spearheaded this effort. I got. They've said that if you don't show up, you're part of a fraternity or another organization that is granted student passes and student seats. If you don't show up on time or you leave early for a game, you're losing your tickets for the football I team. Think I think that's bogus. What do you mean bogus? You don't I mean, think it's going to happen? I mean, you don't think it's they ridiculous. Should, you don't think one. they should do it? Why? Who's to say you can't beat? Who doesn't leave early to beat the traffic? If you're beating a team forty-five to three every week. Why are you going to stay until the end of the fourth quarter? The game is over. It's time to party. <laughs> it's, time to get the, it's time to get the after party uh, warmed up for the players. Okay. You know? I mean, I, do you stick around for a game that's 40-3 to three going into the fourth quarter? Don't you leave to beat traffic? Well, you know, us, we, we're usually covering the game, so we, we usually stay to go to the press, uh, the media room, and do all that stuff. But as an average fan, you're leaving to get out of there. If it's freezing cold or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alabama gets cold. Yeah, it can get cold. But, I mean, if it's snowing and, you you know, I think I maybe have frostbite or something, I'll leave. But for the most part, I try to stay there. Give us a call, 384-1450. Do you think Alabama instituting this rule where their fans, if, you, if you're a student and you have access to these group passes for fraternities and other organizations within the university, if you show up late or you leave early, you get one written warning? The second time you get your seats taken away for the remainder of the season, an entire block of these seats, for example, maybe a fraternity has, they will get them taken away from them, and they'll say, we'll give them to, to someone who wants to stay at the game, wants to support the program. I like it. I don't like it. Okay. We'll leave it to our listeners. If I want to leave early, darn it, I'm going to leave early. <laughs> NBA starts this week. Tip-off. Greg Oden is said to be ready to play in the first game of the season for the Miami Heat. How significant is that, Carlo? Well, he hasn't played since 2009, 2010. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how he comes out. He was one, I mean, number one draft pick. I mean, he's a big guy. He's a guy that can take up space, but the question Better is. Better than Joel Anthony, even if he's on one leg. We don't know how he's going to keep up with the tempo of running up and down the court with a team like Miami who likes to run the floor with a guy like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade. They like to run the floor. Can he keep up with that type of offense? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. His, can it bat two bad knees? Not one. He has two bum knees. He does. But he's had enough time to be off. Maybe he took the uh, the Derrick Rose approach, missed a couple years, a year or two, to, to get full strength. But maybe this is the time to shine. NBA season's obviously starting up. Um, in the Eastern Conference, we know the Miami Heat are, are on their quest for a three-peat. The Bulls are back. The Bulls are back. Derrick Rose is back. They've very got- healthy. He's been looking very impressive in the preseason right now. The way he's been explosive to the basket, he's penetrating. He's showing no fear with that knee right now in preseason. So we know he's going to be uh, ready and geared up for the for the full season this year. 82 games. Also competing for the Eastern Conference um, representation in the NBA Finals will be the New York Knicks, yeah. Indiana Pacers. Yeah. So those four teams, Heat, Knicks, Pacers, Bulls. Do the New Jersey Nets sneak into the equation with the old man, Led cast. They do have Gerald Walls. They have some youth. They have Jerron Williams. Yeah, they have. They got a, a Kevin Garnett, guard. Paul Pierce. Don't forget about the. the they the got big Brooke, Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, he's quality guy. Or Robin Lopez, who, whichever one it is. Do you think the Nets are? In, do we have to include them, or is it a four-team race in the Eastern Conference this year, Carlo? I think you have to include another team. You, you don't forget about is the Washington Wizards. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm throwing it out there. You're a Kentucky fan, and you're a Kentucky. <laughs> the, 
goggles are blinding the John you. John Wall led Wizards are looking to make an impact. Just because they traded for Joran Grogic. Hey, they're making moves. This is the year for them to be competitive. No way they compete with those four teams. John Wall will have the Wizards in the equation. They will be in the playoffs this year. That's my bold prediction. Okay, the will they be in the playoffs? Sure. There's eight eight teams make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. And usually in the NBA, in the Eastern Conference, that's a team that under 500 that can make the playoffs. Exactly. So, that, yeah. that doesn't. What my point is, is I want to know, is there a team beyond the Pacers, Bulls, Knicks, and the Heat that's going to contend, contend for coming out Cleveland. of the East? Really? Cleveland's loaded. Anthony Bennett, Kyrie Kelly, Irving. Kyrie Irving. Don't forget about Will uh, Bynum, Andrew Bynum. They, they're they're – they're they're hey they got a squad this okay year. okay Cleveland has all the right pieces and places to make a move to compete against those four. If teams Andrew, I'll give you that. Kind of like Greg Oden. If Andrew Bynum is healthy, if Andrew Bynum can stay healthy for the whole year, then you can't argue that Cleveland won't be very good. Anderson yeah. of uh, what's his name? Verajal, big energy guy that comes in. They they got a team this year. Your boy Luke Walton. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. These guys are ready. They're geared up. Tyler Zeller. I mean, hey. No, none, I, neither of those I, guys do anything for me. We're but gonna, I do like the starting five, though. We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. Where we got our man, Truth, on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Truth? Uh, well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, I kind of uh, under weather. My allergy bothered me, but... I heard Cleveland ain't going to make no noise. We know who's the team that is the beat in the East. It's the Indiana Pacers and the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat. That's the three teams going to run off with. What I noticed there, Truth, is that you leave the Carmelo Anthony, Kenyon Martin, Amari Stoudemire, uh, the New York Knicks. You leave the New York Knicks off your list, and you also leave uh, the old men in New Jersey, the New Jersey Nets off your list. Why do neither of the New York teams or New Jersey teams, um, why don't they have a shot at it? They dis- the dysfunction. <laughs> uh, you know, Williams can't stay healthy. And then, you know, uh, and I, my, in New York, I don't know. They, they got all the talent in the world to make some noise, but they stay injured. They, uh, they don't play no defense. I mean, you know... You just don't got no uh, chemistry there. You know, so artists come down, they ain't going to make it no better. That brings up a good point there. What about the Tyler Hansborough clip? Did anybody see that? Where Tyler Hansborough in a preseason game. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, he, he uh, Ron Artest. He recognized, he, he recognized who uh, Artest was. Didn't he? he said, oh, you Ron Artest. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, Tyler Hansborough, for those of you who don't know, is no longer an Indiana Pacer. He's a Toronto Raptor, and Artest taking it very seriously like he does everything in the preseason, hooked him. He went over his over his shoulder and hooked him, and Hansborough turned around like he was ready to fight somebody. Hansborough was mad. Psycho T was ready to go off on somebody until he saw that it was Meadow World Peace that was staring up in his face, and you saw, his, you saw Hansborough say, oh, I'm sorry, Meta, and then just backed off. Do you think that was a good move, Truth? Yes, it better be a good move. He's going to sleep. <laughs> Hey, let, what, let's talk about the Indiana basketball team last night. Okay. Uh, uh, they, uh, I'm, we got some work to do. Uh, the, the freshmen look good. Our mitts look good. But we need to envelop uh, a big man in the middle, for real. We need a big seven-footer. Yogi Ferrer was outstanding last night for three points. <laughs> My God, he shot the three points. 
But uh, we're going to have a good team. I think everybody's surprised. I, I'm telling you, Anna Perez hit a three-pointer shot, a hit shooting 15-foot jump shot. His butt need to be under the rim. How good are these? Is this Hoosiers team? I, right now, they uh, I'm right now they are a top 15 or top 25 team. About around January, they'll be in the top 10. It don't surprise me if they do. Uh, the kid, the chemistry is is rebounding and playing defense. I'm I was surprised. Indiana when they put five people on a, a court this year, all the forwards, the centers, all of them shoot three pointers. I don't want to become a, a big man shooting three pointers. They need to get under that rebound. You, I, I'm telling you, I'm I'm very sad. And Troy Williams is a real deal, man. That's <laughs> that what guy. I was going to ask about. I saw him in the Derby Classic, and that guy has star power written all over him. Did you know he started? Did he? Yes, he did. We started uh, the two freshmen. Uh, uh, Jeremy Hollowell comes to the bench and played good. He scored 13. And Austin Evans lights out last night. Uh, That's a good thing. Truth. Your man Cody Zeller is making his debut in the NBA this season. What type of season do you think he'll have? I said, I said if he averaged 12 points and six rebounds, that's a good year for Cody. Uh, I'm looking for Ola Depot win Rookie of the Year. Ola Depot, Rookie of the Year, Orlando Magic. There you go. Yeah. Hey, but uh, let's don't get away about the Cardinals. I had Rick Matino down here in Owensboro. Uh, Tell us about, about it. About, uh, he's saying the book, you know, they got a, a shelter, a, a man's shelter named up for Rick Matino. And he's... He, you, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna leave y'all with this. You remember when he was saying uh, about uh, I can't the Bahannon. Yeah, he he did address the Bahannon issue in Owensboro this week. And guess what? Don't be surprised. He be be back. He talked about he's not gonna play in November. But he said, now how can you go from one week? putting him off the team, and then he's saying he's this week he's doing everything right. I don't know what's going on there, Truth. I, you know, the, the full story hasn't come out with Bahannon, but you're right. This past week, Rick did flip once again, as Rick always does, and I got to admit, I love it because it's drama and it gets people all riled up in the offseason and it gets people talking about Louisville basketball. As he said, it looks like Bahannon's doing great and he'll be back. And everybody's left with their scratching their heads saying, last week you were saying he was off the team and he was done and he was a disappointment. Um, so I'll I, say he'd be wait. back in two weeks. I say he'd be back playing before. Well, the, believe the, me, the, the bottom line truth. What a, a repeat's on the line, so he's definitely going to be back. Reap now, man. You, you better let's you, let's don't count uh, uh, Kentucky and, and uh, I. Let me say in North Carolina and Duke and Michigan State out, but oh, we never count Arizona. Arizona, I mean, man, they ain't got nothing. But, you know, okay. even though we, I'm not a Louisville fan, but the fact of the matter is they have a great nucleus coming back this year. I mean, it's it's hard to look over that they're going to be – they're in the mix of a repeat. I mean, they they, they pretty good. much have the same team except a couple of players. They're no longer there. All right, it's like we lost Cody Zeller, and, uh, and we're going to be better than we was last year. So we could go to Final Four this year. I'm picking any other big go to Final Four. I'm letting you know they're going to Final Four. You heard it here first, the truth. Indiana, Tom Crean-Lid will be in the Final Four this year. Bye-bye.
Good stuff there from Truth this morning. Good stuff, yeah. Fighting his allergies, was still able Get to well, Truth, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Even though you're sick, you know, we appreciate you. We do. Get well. Take some Benadryl. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence. What does J stand for, Carlo? J stands for justice. Personal injury attorney, call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We appreciate Brandon's support. And Carlo and I really do enjoy every Sunday from 10 until noon, being able to talk to you about all things sports here in the Kentuckiana area and also across the country. What games are you looking forward to today in the NFL, Carlo? I know your Giants are not We're doing back. too hot. What do you mean not doing too hot? They won, We're coming won, off a, won one game. A big win. One and seven. Is guess, that the, yeah, we're coming off a, a huge victory against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Josh Freeman led that was uh, this the, past uh, Monday night. Ugliest game I've seen in my whole life. One of the greatest Monday night football games I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Live, you know. Yeah, Steve you know, but, Young uh, yeah. couldn't even <laughs> pretend that it was a good game. But yeah, it was, that was uh, horrible. It was a bad game. But you know what? We, we, we uh, got rid of the zero. So I predict a winning streak from here on out. Six-game winning streak. We got the Dallas Cowboys today. We'll take care of business. The Giants are back. Peyton Hillis has been picked up as a running back. I'm starting him in one of my leagues today. You better do good. Going along with uh, Brandon Jacobs. Those, are, those guys are pretty similar. Speak, big guys. Yeah, speaking of the league, I'm on a three-game win streak now, fantasy. Oh, Started off 0-4. Now I've won three in a row. This is what I'm good at. A couple years ago, I lost my first six games and ended up being in a championship game. I won like nine in a row. Wow. So I'm a I'm a great GM when it comes to putting the pieces together and picking the right players after the off season. Off the waiver wire. I may not draft well, but I'm great off the waiver wire. At 1 o'clock, I'm sorry, at 4.05 today Eastern time, my Cincinnati Bengals are playing in Cincinnati against the New York Jets. Who would have thought before the season this would be a game that I would know. have the, the Bengals yeah. fans nervous? Yeah. But it does. That Jets defensive front and their hell, their entire defense is scary. What about Geno Smith? Give the kids some credit, man. You got to. Beat Tom Brady last week. He's uh, He outplayed Tom yeah. Brady last week. I mean, they look pretty good. I mean, Rex. I mean, we were all talking about the beginning of the season. Uh, the word was Rex Ryan's going to get fired. He only how how Dead much time does walking. he have? Yeah, Dead Man Walking, big target on his back. He's he's a fool for getting the Jets tattoo. And now look at them. They're sitting on top of the division. They Four beat three. The, beat the New England Patriots last week, and they're in they're in the mix right now. It's the second quarter of the season. We're going to the third quarter. Now's we're we're about to find out what some of these teams are made of. Bengals are favored by five. Which isn't that big of a line, really. It's not as big as it should be. A 5-2 and two Bengals team at this point in the season playing against a rookie Geno Smith-led offense. Bilal Powell is your leading rusher. Don't get me wrong, I love Bilal Powell. But that Jets team on paper offensively is garbage. They still got DeBrickishaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold. I guess they're putting it together. And this if they win today, you got to say this is probably Rex Ryan's finest coaching job overall. Yeah, you got to give him credit for the job he's done this year under the pressure that he's been under. He's really stepped up to the plate and shown that he is a head coach in the NFL. He can coach under the pressure, under these type of circumstances. He's not the guy for the new GM, uh, obviously. You know, when you, when you get a new GM in town, they usually want to bring in their own coach, their own guy. Uh, uh, and Rex Ryan's not his guy. But Rex, even if, even if this is his last year, he'll be coaching in the NFL somewhere next year. Maybe Tampa Bay Bucks. You, know you think he's a head coach? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think he's proven that this year that he's a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. What Unlike I'm, a guy like Greg Schiano, who's 0-7 right now. And is talk about the worst. Players. Talk about the worst football game. What about the Thursday night game? That was 
terrible football. Yeah, I didn't see that. What is Greg Schiano doing in Tampa Bay? I got a I got I got an interesting uh scenario that I'm gonna bring up after the break. Okay. Concerning Greg Schiano. But we we'll be right back with the weekend sports buzz. Now back to the weekend sports buzz. Call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I am Carlo Kellen. We ended the last segment talking a little NFL. I had a bold, no, not a prediction, but a... uh, you described it in the break. Maybe kind of as a great point, kind of Nostradamus like uh, type of. Uh, yeah, I'm predicting the future pretty much. Greg Schiano will be Greg fired. Greg Schiano basically will be fired. Okay. For Tampa Bay, the t- their team sucks. Uh, some of the worst football I seen this past Thursday night uh, uh, on football on prime time. This is what's going to happen. USC needs a coach. Greg Schiano was in the running for that position prior to Lane Kiffin before he took this NFL job in Tampa Bay. His name was mentioned to take over as the USC Fighting Trojans head coach. With the history, history has proven that coaches can go from college to the NFL and suck and then go back to college and be successful. Nick okay. Saban did it. Okay. Steve Spurrier has so, done it. So let me get this straight. You are predicting Shiano will end up at? USC. Okay. I can see it. He's a no, he's the type guy. He's who, a good. Who, he's a, a college coach. He's not an NFL. I coach. like it. I like it. I think it's a it's a good call. He, he's trying to bring a college mentality to these grown men in an NFL locker room, and it's not working. You heard Darrell Rivas uh, speak up yesterday and say, "Hey, I don't know what guys support him right now in the locker room. He has no locker room support. The, the, it's only a matter of time before he's fired this year. Some, He'll be fired within the next week or two. Some guys are just a better fit for the pros. I think Steve Cragthorpe is a better fit." Possibly for the pros, he he came in and he he treated everybody like they were. A I don't think he's a better fit for the Juice Bowl Pee Wee football. I think he could be a quarterback <laughs> coach in the NFL. I don't think he can coach the power the Powder Puff football league. He was actually pretty good before he, he came was to terrible. Man. No, before he's he came a terrible to terrible offensive coordinator. I mean, he's he's at LSU right now, right? I think he's still at LSU. He has Parkinson's. Yeah, I, mean, so I think he had some health yeah. issues. Yeah, no, yeah, you know, yeah. Sorry to hear about that, but on the coaching side, <laughs> yeah, he couldn't not... coach my son's little league team. No, yes, he could. That guy, uh, Ron Cooper, Ron is a, Cooper Ron is a good Cooper coach. Was a better coach than Ron Crackle. Cooper ended up working for Tampa Bay. A lot of these guys who get head coaches just aren't cut out for being a head coach. Some are not. I mean, you know, uh, Willie Taggart might be one of those guys on the big national scale. Is on he cut out? Is he cut scale, out for a big school? He was perfect for Western. Perfect. He, he could have been a West Kentucky guy, like a Harbaugh. He might want to go back to Western yeah, Kentucky because yeah, Petrino's probably gone in a year or two. Maybe. Or maybe Petrino sees something, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel with this West Kentucky team. From our theme from last week's show, where we were talking about historically black universities and my lack of knowledge of the history, very much so upset Carlo. Uh, yeah, Eddie Robinson. Man. Eddie I, Robinson. Uh, I won't forget the, the name. My uh, line brother, we talk about fraternities. Uh, and maybe I'll get him to call in one day. Right now he's in Afghanistan, so he can't call in. But he actually played safety under Eddie Robinson. He can call in and tell some good stories here later in, you know, in the future when he gets back. Wow. Well, over the weekend, we got to see the second black NASCAR driver ever, Bubba Wallace, 20-year-old from Alabama, wins a race. The first one ever passed away in 1990. His name was Wendell Scott. Who knows more about the history of NASCAR than our man on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, Carolina Steve. Carolina, how significant is this win for Bubba? 
is just about as big as there's ever been in NASCAR. I'm probably the only man in this area that ever saw Wendell Scott and Bubba Wallace both race in person. Wow. I saw Wendell back in the uh, 70s. I saw him at Martinsville. I saw him at Richmond. I saw him at uh, Rockingham. I saw Bubba this year race at uh, Kentucky. Very nice young man. Uh, he is a member of Kyle Busch Motorsports. And they have a new program in NASCAR called Drive for Diversity. And he is one of the first drivers there to actually win one of the top three touring races uh, in NASCAR. And the man who really helped get that started was a former pro football player by the name of Reggie White. Wow, I did not know that. Was Reggie White, I know Brad Daughtery was, or still is, was Reggie White involved in NASCAR? He was, uh, him and Gibbs were real good friends. And he started with this, uh, they started to drive for diversity, and they hold it every year, where they, they get these kids together, and they uh, will do them. Uh, they have several people now, like uh, Eric Amarola was a product of the uh, Drive for Diversity. He's Cuban-American. There are several other people, Hispanics, that drive in there. There are several good black drivers in there. And I was just so happy to see him win. I was standing there. And I hated to see what happened between Harvick and Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon is one of my favorite race drivers. And him and Harvick got into it. And Harvick drives for his granddaddy. And Harvick is not going to be driving for him next year. He's going to be driving for Tony Stewart. So uh, it that that was uh, pretty exciting at the end of the race. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, just to see Bubba win is, is super. I listened to a show on uh, the NASCAR channel that he is a guest on every week. And I can't wait to hear what he has to say with this and everything. And the guy who finished second, this is a, to a surprise you, Kelly, used to back up Alan Iverson what? at Georgetown. Wow, what's his name? Brendan Young from Las Vegas, Nevada. And his, uh, the way he got uh, to go to uh, Georgetown, his parents... And his family owned South Point Casino in Vegas, and that's where Coach Thompson used to stay all the time. Wow. And his name, what is his first name? Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, gone, G-O-U-G-H-E, and he finished second. I met him before, real nice guy. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he was the one, uh, when Ty went out, he was the one I spoke for to win the race, but I did, I'm real happy that Bubba won it and everything. And by the way, Thursday night was one of the greatest Thursday night football games I've ever seen because my football team won and are above 500 for the first time since I don't know when. How good is, Ka- is, is, how good is Cam Newton? He is good. He is the prototype for the new type of quarterback in the uh, NFL. He's, he is just, he can do things that they're ready to fire Rivera, but the, what worries me is who their uh, offensive coordinator is, Kelly. Who's that? Mr. Shula. Oh, yeah, wow. Mike Shula. Mike Shula. Is he the, is he the one who coached Alabama at one time? 
Mm-hmm. I believe he is. He shouldn't have got uh, fired. Did, really? No, he was doing, I thought he did pretty good. With Alabama? Yeah, his last year was pretty decent. They what, forced him out for Saban. Who's the one uh, who, who coached the Bengals? Who's the head coach of the Bengals? Was that Dave Shula? I th- you're right. That was Dave Shula. He was no good. Now, speaking of Alabama, have, have y'all seen old ESPN Classic, the, uh, the, uh, the film they have about Alabama and Auburn? The, an old one, right? It has uh, Takeo Spikes. and Yeah, I've seen – it's not new, is it, Carolina? No, no, it's old. I've, been, I've seen uh, it. Yep, I've seen I it. I've got a one level I have ESPN Classic, and I watched that because you would not believe how the people are down there. No. They make Kentucky and Louisville fans look like kindergarten people. <laughs> Poison and trees and old women calling up with raspy voices and threatening people's lives. You're right, Carolina. The ra- the radio scene down there and everything is just flat out crazy. They interview Bo Jackson and I mentioned Takeo Spikes and I mean <laughs> the, the Alabama Auburn um, the rivalry the rivalry and the sports radio <laughs> down there is so, absolutely some old crazy. Woman who's been smoking cigarettes? She was three called in. Yes, just some crazy old woman going. You don't know. You don't talk to me. You don't. I, I will take you out. There's just crazy people down there, right, Carolina? Yes, they are, and uh, they had they showed the uh, what they called the house divided, where the husband was an Alabama fan and the wife was an Auburn fan, and at the wedding, everybody on her side of the aisle stood up with uh, blue and orange and said War Eagles, and everybody on his side of the uh, aisle stood up with the red and white pom poms and said Roll Tide <laughs> as they walked out. So it's a uh, it, it's just something that you won't believe. It's it's good uh, and everything. I've always been an Alabama fan because my dad, in 1961, introduced me to uh, start talking about Bear Bryant, and that's when he won his first national championship down there. And uh, since then, did you see, hear why the uh, the guy actually killed the trees? Two reasons. Um. No, I know know you strict nine, and I know that he called into a radio station to brag about it, and that's how he get, got caught. But why did he kill the yeah, trees? Called in the Paul Feinbaum show. Yep. Why did he kill him? And it, he killed him, number one, because somebody put Cam Newton's jersey on the Bear Bryant statue. Okay. And number two, supposedly, when Bear Bryant passed away, Auburn rolled the trees. Okay. Great history, and great rivalry, uh, Alabama and Auburn. It, it is. It, that's good. It, it, it's, uh, it used to be like that with Clemson in South Carolina, and uh, the old ball coach pulled one out last night. Uh, yeah, they did. South Carolina had a big victory, ended Missouri's perfect season. Yeah, it's it's, it's just getting so good. I looked and I saw the two best teams I've seen play are Florida State and Alabama. Oregon does not impress me at all. I was going to ask, why are you why are you I not was high very on Oregon? Impressed with Oregon uh, last yeah, night. why are you not high on Oregon? I just don't like them. They they I believe if Alabama played Oregon, Alabama would beat them by 30 points. I believe Florida State will give Alabama a better football game cuz I think they got a better offense and defense. What what and about it, Ohio it, State? You think Ohio State would would stand a snowball's chance in hell against Alabama? No. Because I don't like Irvin Meyer, never have, never will. 
But I mean, that doesn't you know, mean, that doesn't mean they wouldn't stand a chance in itself, does it? He's won two national championships. They've got talent. You don't think that they're on the same level as Alabama? No, I think I just looked. Alabama has the top ranked recruiting class this year, and on January the fourth is the uh, at the Army game is going to be the biggest uh, declaration. It, it, it affects people here in the state of Kentucky and Alabama as to where uh, Matt Elam will go to school. He's going to announce on national television at the, uh, during the game. So uh, it's going to be – I'm kind of torn. I'd like to see uh, Coach Stoops get him, but I'd also like to see Coach uh, Saban get him so he, he might can make it four in a row next year. But it's going to be – it's going to be good. I've enjoyed it. Basketball coming up. I've watched a little bit of the pros. Can't get into it. Uh, they, they show the same people. Don't like Miami. Don't uh, it's, There's just to be no teams like there used to be. I mean, used to the Celtics, the Lakers, the 76ers, the uh, Utah Jazz. Those were teams. Nowadays, it's just, you know, two or three, and they let them get away with walking and hand check in and all that stuff and to me there's no team because Magic Johnson and the Showtime Lakers were a great team and so was Larry Bird and the Celtics. Those, to me that is one of the greatest rivalries there's ever been in sports right there. You're right. Yeah, definitely historic rivalry. It's not what it used to be. It's a different game now. You know, back then they could play some basketball. You could put the goon in and let give have him give a hard foul. And he won't get ejected from the game. May yeah. get a technical, but he won't get ejected. And a lot of stuff they call nowadays is pretty soft, but it's a different game. I'm actually, I, the last several years, I used to be a huge NBA fan. I still am, but I've gotten back into it. Uh, I'm excited with where some of the players are. I think some of the excitement and storylines of this season is bringing interest back into the into the sport. From a distance, Caroline, I know you at least know what's going on in the NBA. James Harden is one of the better, more prolific offensive players in the league. Do you think the matchup of James Harden and Dwight Howard in Houston has any true, you know, potential for them to make a run at the the NBA Finals? Yeah, but you're leaving out the point guard who I think is one of the best in the game. Jeremy Lin. Okay. Don't sleep on Jeremy Lin and Dwight Howard combo. That's the one. That's the one. You know, I just don't think right now. There's no true center in the game except for maybe Dwight Howard. I remember when I was growing up, you had people like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You had uh, Bob Lanier, Robert Parrish. Yeah, Bob Lanier was a bad people boy. People like that who were true ball players. But uh, Ralph that, Sampson. I just wish, yeah, being from North Carolina, I just wish we'd get a pro basketball team down there. North Carolina, you got the Bobcats. You got the Bobcats. Uh, if we can get rid of Michael <laughs> Jordan as an owner, he is he is nothing but poisoned uh, as as far as being in management and everything. Look what he did with uh, the Washington Wizards. What do you mean he drafted so, Kwame Brown? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. Jordan's <laughs> not necessarily the best owner, but I don't doubt that Jordan's going to stick with it until you don't the. Think bo- so? I, I I don't doubt that he's gonna. I, I'm confident Michael Jordan's gonna stick with it until the Bobcats are good. He's that competitive. Do yeah. you Do you see Jordan just retiring? Uh, no, because he wants to. He wants to. He'll probably. He'll have them good. We just got. He's had chances to be, get the number one draft pick, and he hasn't. He Cleveland beat him out last year. 
this year, uh, I mean, this year Cleveland, and I'm kind of glad we didn't uh, draft that boy from Kentucky from last year because uh, he's out for the whole year now. So uh, Anthony Davis is out for the year. No, Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel. He's out for the year for Philly. But, yep. What? Yep. Sam Bowie 2.0. Wow. I didn't know that. I just heard that's yep. news to me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna be watching uh, thing on uh, on my ATT universe. I got the NBA station, so I'll watch that and everything. And uh, so you're more in tune with the book. NBA than you lead on to, Carolina. I, I left I left uh, Jeremy Lin out, and you corrected me. And turns out you got the NBA league pass. Carolina <laughs> is Mister NBA. Yeah, not the league pass. I have the NBA channel. Oh, okay, okay. And I've been watching some of that. And uh, and do you know where the Nets held their preseason? I'm sorry, where they held their preseason? No, you know where, where the Brooklyn where, Nets held their preseason? Where at? Duke University. Really? What's the connection yeah. there? What's the connection there? They got the Russian number owner. One <laughs> number one draft choice. Number one what? Number one draft choice. Mason Plumley. Oh, okay. And there and everything. Well, y'all have a good one. I enjoyed listening to it. And uh, I've, I've been watching some of uh, Showtime and uh, some of the uh, on the Fox channels. been watching the boxing and the uh, Great. ultimate fight, fighting. And I just enjoy watching those. Y'all have really turned my interest back to that. And uh, especially that ESPN Classic. I, I love to watch the, the real boxers. People like Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, people like that. And I love to listen to the real boxing announcer, the man from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Mr. Howard Cosell. Y'all have a nice day. All right, here we go, Carolina Steve. Remember, remember next Sunday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., tune in to the Knockout Hour. you hear all the latest news in boxing and MMA. We'll keep you up to date every Sunday, sponsored by Future Promotions from 9 a.m. to 10, 10 a.m. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with your weekend sports buzz. It's the Weekend Sports Buzz. Call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. For Carlo Kellum, I'm Kelly Patrick. What we have on the, the ticket for the rest of the show, in my eyes, is breaking down NFL action. I mentioned that my Bengals are playing in Cincinnati against the New York Jets. I'm more nervous about that game than I sh- probably should be. But Bengals have a reputation and a, 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 a accurate um, reputation as playing down to their opponents. So it's going to be a close game. They've been winning games by last-second field goals. Um a lot of good matchups, though, outside of Cincinnati today. Cowboys are 4-3, and three, matched up with the 4-3 and three Lions. That game is in Detroit. Who do you have winning in that game, and what do the fans need to look for today between the Lions and the Cowboys? This is one of those games where it's going to be a, dual, it's a, a deal breaker for both teams. I think the winner may make the playoffs. The loser will not. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. You know, I, I like the Lions. I like Sue. Uh, Dallas just doesn't do it. I think it's time to break Dallas up and start all over, man. Jer- Jerry Jones doesn't think so. He doesn't think so, but I think he's wrong. Jerry Jones released a statement this past week saying, comparing Tony Romo 
LeBron to LeBron James. James before LeBron won his first title. Uh, I mean, and, I mean, statistically, what was the stat that came out a couple weeks ago that through his first 45 games or something like that, that Tony Romo has the most passing yards out of anyone in the history of the league? Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, Tony I, Romo, I'm butchering that statistic, Tony I know, Romo but it's very impressive. Bill Parcells guy. Bill Parcells knows what he's doing when he put Tony Romo in the starting lineup. He said, this is the starting quarterback in the NFL. He's the future of this team. But it's just not clicking. I think Tony Romo may be more successful somewhere else other than Dallas in the future. He seems almost like he'd be a good fit for a Mike Martz-type team. There's a lot of teams. that There's a shortage of quarterbacks in the league when you are calling Brett Favre, who's 44 years old, to come off the bench and play uh, the play for you. This is what concerns me about the NFL. Why are they giving contracts to all these backups who can't even play? They're reaching out to guys like Brett Favre instead of giving the backup guy a chance. Because there's the no backup way. guys don't even deserve a. Why do they? Why are they under contract making this money if you don't feel confident with them coming in and stepping up to the plate, fill the position if your starter gets hurt? Colin Coward points it out regularly. The NFL is a quarterback-driven league. If you don't have well, there's, one, there's a shortage of have, quarterbacks. Carson Palmer's even a commodity, and he's terrible. He's he's not elite. No. Not but, at but, all. but he has a lot of NFL starting experience. He has an arm. He's why, very. Immobile. Why is no one calling Vince Young right now? Vince Young has a winning record in the NFL. Playoff wins. He's proven he can win in this league. Nobody's picking up the phone calling him. I, I should refrain because it's a quarterback-driven league. It's a passing quarterback-driven league. Vince He's Young proven is, he can do that. I don't know. What quarterback? Is he a passer? You can't say. I can name a lot of quarterbacks who don't have winning records that's playing right now. Vince Young has a winning NFL record. But that's because he was matched up with – Jeff Fisher, I know you hate Jeff Fisher. You, you uh, see, don't even get St. me started. St. Louis needs a quarterback, and they're not calling Vince Young. Yeah, that's an interesting St. Louis dynamic sucks. there. He's going to get fired maybe this year or next year. He sucks as a head coach right now. He's a good defensive coordinator. Good coordinator, but he's not a head coach. But the teams that he built, built there in Tennessee, they had tough defenses. Vince Young saved his job twice. No, the, yes, de- he did. the defenses made he Vince saved, Young a pro No, bowler. he didn't. Vince Young saved his job twice for top quarterback play. To take them to the playoffs when he first got there at Tennessee. If Vince Young is so great, then you tell me, why does he not have a job? Because of Jeff Fisher. That's why he doesn't have a job. Because Jeff, Jeff Fisher, Fisher is, is convinced everyone to blackball exactly. him? Exactly. That's what I truly believe. Jordan Palmer just got signed to a, a contract. And he from, sucks. Why, <laughs> he's a passer. Let's see where he's at. He's not a starter. See, that's what I'm talking about. They're giving away contracts to these backups who can't even come in and step into play if your quarterback gets hurt. If your starter gets hurt, you got a backup who can't even step in and fill the position. Jordan Palmer was recently signed and picked up by the Chicago Bears. So Vince Young, you they think got a, you, you, they you got, think got a quarterback black, in Cade McNown who's starting, who should, who's not a starter in this league. Who McNown? He's starting in a place of uh, Cutler. Cutler's out for four weeks with a torn horn. You want to break down each team in the NFL and their starting quarterbacks? Let's do it. Buffalo Bills. EJ Manuel's hurt right now, and they got a replacement. They got that. Sucks. I forget his name. Miami Dolphins. Uh, Tiny Hill, don't know who the backup is because he sucks. <laughs> I think actually, I think the backup is uh, Moore. Chad Henney. No, it's more. No, they lost Chad Henney. No, it's more. Chad Henney's in Jacksonville. Sucks. He's the backup for Blaine Gabbert. Who New sucks. England Patriots. Tom Brady. New York Jets. Geno Smith, a rookie who's actually doing pretty good. That's the AFC East. AFC West. Denver Broncos. We know Peyton Manning. Who is their backup? Who's the backup in Denver? By the way, Peyton Manning missed practice this week. He missed a day of practice. That you know doesn't that. matter. He had a bruised I said it shin or two weeks like ago that. that his arm is going to fall off, but we'll talk about that more in a minute. We're breaking down quarterbacks. That is quite league. a statement. If you think that 
You think his arm's going to fall off? Yes. Okay. It's going to literally fall off if he keeps going at the rate and throwing it at the rate that he, he's doing right now. He had four neck surgeries. Okay. AFC West, Denver Broncos. we got Peyton. We'll figure out who the backup is. Kansas City Chiefs. Who's their quarterback? Alex Smith? Alex Smith. He's a game he's manager. He's actually a good quarterback in today's league. Because game manager. Perfect for Andy Reid's system. Their backup won't be able to step in and do the same. Who's the, their backup? I don't know. Okay. The backups across the league are terrible. Oakland Raiders. Terrell Pryor is actually looking like a good quarterback. Their backup got released. Matt Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Raiders, though, Terrell Pryor, six foot four, ran a 4 3 or something freakish. And the he prodigal. throws a hell of a ball, too. Terrell Pryor is good. He's the prodigal son of the late, great Al Davis. I've said it before. This is Al Davis's last draft pick. Leave his mark on Raider Nation. I think Al, Al Davis also drafted yeah, Darren the, McFadden, didn't he? Yes, he did. The proof, but but Terrell Pryor was his last pick. Was he? To prove to the world that he was still a great, uh, great at rebuilding rebuilding teams. You know, the last few years he was getting fast receivers, and that was it. But he picked. He he found a diamond in the rough in Terrell Pryor, the future of the Raiders. Let's see what his stats. But are they were they released their their backup. Matt Flynn is gone. Eighty four point eight quarterback rating this year. Five touchdowns passing, five interceptions. The team with the best rushing, backup. He leads the team in rushing with, let's see. I'll tell you the team with the best backup here in a moment. Okay. 285 rushing yards, 57 yards a game. All right, who's the team with the best backup, Carlo Kellum? Before we break down the rest of the NFL's quarterbacks. Washington Redskins, Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Okay. I think he's probably one of the best the best backup. Who Unproven, could, who could, though. What do you mean? He came in last year and balled. He kept him in the playoff run. He won games while RG3 was out as a rookie. That's impressive. I think Kirk Cousins could probably be a starter if he was anywhere else. There, is, there are at least seven to eight teams that need quarterbacks in the NFL right now. You got Philadelphia, Jacksonville, uh, Arizona, Minnesota, you, you don't think Tampa Carson Bay. Palmer, in today's <laughs> NFL, you don't think Carson Palmer's an adequate starting no, quarterback? No, he's done. So that's five teams right there. You can, you can even throw in Tennessee because a uh, lot. Did you say San Lockless Diego? Hurt. No, I didn't say San Diego. Okay. Uh, but there's six teams. Houston. There's seven teams right right there that needs a quarterback. All right. So AFC West, we broke down. We have the Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers. We know Philip Rivers is obviously in today's environment. He's a legit starting quarterback, right? Back in the day, I knew Joe Montana's backup was Steve Young. I knew John Elway's backup was uh, what was his name? Uh, Ben, what was the guy's name? Was Bobby Brister. Bobby Brister. We knew that stuff back then. Baltimore Ravens got Joe Flacco. He better be a legit answer. They're paying him like Peyton Manning. That's the reason why they don't have any receivers, because they paid him all that money. Cincinnati Bengals obviously got Andy Dalton. Jury's still out on him, although I am being proved wrong each and every week. He probably had his best game as a pro last week. I he was pre- named offensive, offensive Player of the Week two, years, um, sorry, two weeks ago in the AFC. And I've predicted the last couple weeks that they would win. I have been a big critic of Andy Dalton's, yeah. and it looks like I need to be standing corrected, and I'm happy to do so being a lifelong Bengals fan. Cleveland Browns have the old man Brandon Whedon, and now they're starting Jason Campbell. I like Jason Campbell. I think Jason Campbell can play. I think he, uh, when he was in uh, Oakland, I thought he did pretty good until he got hurt. He was leading that team to the playoffs uh, right before that injury. I just think he's had a bad, a bad, uh, a bad. Uh, bad luck with the NFL. I thought he was decent with the Redskins. He was a first round pick. I think he's a good quarterback out of Auburn. He's a good. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he can start and uh, be successful with a team that actually invests in him. He's been around for a while. Yeah. Look at these teams. Obviously, we know he was drafted in the first round by Washington. Played there from 06 through 09. Took him to the playoffs. 2010, 2011, he was with Oakland. 
He did. Look, he had a uh, – in 2010, he threw for 13 touchdowns with eight interceptions for Oakland. Not bad. That's right before he got hurt. Um, and in, in 2000 – that was 2010. 2011, he had six touchdowns, four interceptions for Oakland. 2012, he backed up um, – in Chicago, he backed up – Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. He threw two touchdowns, two interceptions. Guys like that, he's going to be able to make money for a long time. He's going to be a Rodney Pete or a, <laughs> or a, somebody who's the backup um, Rodney for, for, for the uh, for the Steelers. Charlie Batch. Charlie Batch. He's going to be around. Jason, mark it down. Jason Cables. He's already played nine years in the NFL. Doesn't have many miles on him because he's always been a backup. Charlie Batch is still a backup. I don't know about that. Wow. I don't. I don't think he is. He was recently. But I think Jason Campbell will be around for a while, and you apparently think he's an okay NFL starter. We'll see today when the when Rocco Gasparro's Cleveland Browns try to end Andy Reid's Kansas City Chiefs unbeaten record. I am predicting that they will beat the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. I, I made I made a bold prediction last week, picking the Colts over the Broncos. Is that your bold prediction for today? And my prediction: the Redskins will also beat the uh, Colts today. The Colts are about to go on a losing streak. I'm telling you, pay, you can only outscore your opponent so many times. That's, that's what you, the Broncos you, have been doing. You, you said they don't Colts. have a good you defense. Meant, you meant the Broncos, right? You say Colts. You meant the Broncos. You think the Broncos are going to go on a yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Okay. The Broncos. That's right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we know the Bengals have <clears throat> have. Uh, we know the Bengals' quarterback situation. We have the Browns' quarterback situation situation with Jason Campbell. Steelers have all sorts of flaws. Offensive line, defense is weak. Ben Roethlisberger is a good NFL quarterback, though, right? He's got two Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, not anymore. You don't? No, nah, I think he is. I don't think he so. definitely gets my vote. Just you—you you can't put somebody on a horrible team and expect them to do good. You can't give them no offensive line, no running game, and having a bad defense and say, "Oh, why aren't you any good?" They need things to work with, in my book. You think what uh, Roethlisberger's roster washed up? Maybe he is. He's taking a lot of beatings. I he mean, stands in there in the pocket and he takes hits. What happened? And then he brags about how he's six three, three hundred, and 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 how how he's a stud and how nobody can hurt him. He stopped going to bars and, and picking up girls. That it, it ruined him. He got married. He's done. <laughs> the story about Ben Roethlisberger at the bar where he supposedly saw a young lady in a a, a, a hallway. He took his pants down. And he was wasted drunk and, and took his pants down to his ankles and started chasing after her in front of a lot of people. Ben Roethlisberger, when he parties, he parties. He goes hard. He goes hard. Ben Roethlisberger's a party animal, but he's married now. He kind of parties like Kelly Bussall Patrick a little bit. <laughs> you know, I've seen Kelly Bussall Patrick in action a few times. He can go hard. I don't know about me being on <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger's level. Maybe years ago. Maybe years ago I got down like Ben Roethlisberger. Man, maybe I would love to tell some stories I've heard about Kelly Bussall, Patrick. No, people, I'm very People would be surprised. Very tame guy. Very He's, tame. AFC South, Houston Texans. Wow. Quarterback. Quarterback. Matt another Shop. team that needs a quarterback. Who's Matt Schaub's out. I think Gates is getting a start. But who? that's another team Yates, that needs DJ a quarterback. Yates. I mean, God, that this makes year, me so this... upset to think about that Yates beat the Bengals in the playoffs last year. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You kidding me? God, but that makes me so mad. This this is why this year's draft is going to be such such so so big for quarterbacks this year. Quarterbacks coming out this year and in, in college from Teddy Bridgewater to Manziel, these guys are going to get the opportunity to actually start next year their rookie year. These are two guys that are going to start next year in the NFL. They'll be starters wherever team is going to pick them up. They're not starting Yates today. They're actually starting Case Keenum. Oh, they're going with Case. Okay. Yep. Oh. 
Six one, two hundred and five pound, second even year worse. player out of Houston. That's worse than McLemon <laughs> in Tampa. McLemon. McLemon. Gosh. Who is it? McLemon. Tampa Bay is that his name? The coach. I mean, the quarterback that replaced Freeman. Something like that. <laughs> it's, I mean, uh, way to go, Greg Schiano. All right. So the, the we know that the the Houston Texans, although they have Jonathan Joseph and Ed Reed and all sorts of JJ Watt, they got. Um, He's a beast. They got. Uh, he doesn't deserve what's happening to him this season. Who? The guy works hard, plays hard. JJ who? Watt. He's a beast. It, it's really the offense and that's being consistent. The, you exactly. Know, yeah. They got Arian Foster. Yeah. So the Texans exemplify Carlo Kellum's point about the lack of even average quarterbacks There's in the NFL these quarterbacks days. Quarterbacks collecting a check right now. They could have you out there collecting a check as a backup quarterback. I'm not going to say that I would be an upgrade over Matt Schaub. You'd be better than Mick Lemon. I would definitely be better than the Tampa Bay quarterback, though. We're going to head to a break, and Carlo and I will be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Carlo and I are breaking down the NFL's starting quarterbacks. We're almost halfway through the list. We're also going to talk a little bit in the during the break. We got to talking about television shows we watch. And Adam and Carlo and I are all Walking Dead fans. The episode this past week had a very disturbing ending. We will get to that a little bit. Before we break down, before we get to that, we will break down the AFC South. Houston Texans, we talked about. Matt Schaub, horrible. Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck. They've got about as promising of a quarterback situation as any team in the NFL does. Right, Carlo? Mm-hmm. Can't deny that. Yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. Terrible. They're in the, the tank for Teddy sweepstakes. Tank for Teddy. I think that's the best opportunity for Teddy. Go to Jacksonville, go home. You know, he'll sell some tickets. There's a good storyline connected with that. Uh, They're many miles away from his home, though. Jacksonville. Florida. Yeah, yeah still Florida. Florida's like yeah. a country, though. Florida's huge. <laughs> Tennessee Titans, Jake Locker. I think he's good. He's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah. He's hurt. He's out. But I think he's good. He's yeah, but how's he gonna come back from that injury? You know, you just never know how guys recuperate from injuries like that. You see how long it's taking RG three to get comfortable, You're being right. in the pocket and moving around, starting to show flashes of his old self uh, in last week's game. But it's it's hard to recoup from that. We have officially broken down half of the NFL's quarterbacks at the end of the Walking Dead episode this past week. Tyrese, who's became a real focal point. I like him because he was in The Wire. Cuddy. Yeah. Cuddy. He was a good character in The Wire. Yeah, he was. Um, I like his character there. He He's bringing flowers. He's Carlo and I talking about it. He was giddy going to see his girl who's locked up because she had been exposed possibly to whatever disease it was that it, it had gotten that one kid who died. Yeah, the it's, one kid that yeah brought the brought the virus into the protected jail that they're in. Yep. So they locked her up along with, I think, a couple other people. Who mm-hmm. had similar coughs and symptoms? Something crazy is going on inside there. They put him in a cell, and they—he's bringing the Tyrese is bringing flowers to her. He's and right giddy. at the very yeah. end of the, the 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 episode, he finds her, and what does he find, Adam? She's burned to a crisp. <laughs> She's dead. I mean, who the heck did that? Who's feeding the the, the zombies? Also, rats? earlier in the episode, they showed is in the, the dark someone's feeding rats to the zombies, which clearly is. Making the zombies mad, and it's helping them break through the fence, right? Has the governor infiltrated the prison? Is he secretly sneaking in at night? 
See, that's what my fiance had thought, but I feel like it's just been way too long to. I think it's the sun. Pulled him back in. Like it's a good point. We haven't heard from the governor. I think lately. it's Rick. I think Rick is no. the one who burned the bodies. I think Rick has to split. Rick is going to die this season. He's, He's not going that crazy yet. I don't know, man. It, it, He's not trying to kill us. Who his... else could it be? There's nobody else involved in the storyline that well, we can pick out. They have a lot of random characters now. I mean, like that they kid do. that died, he seemed like a big deal, but they only brought him in for this season. And so I feel like if it were the governor, we would have heard something related to his story by now. I think they kind of wanted us to think that he just kind of went nuts and probably got killed by those two guys he was with. I don't really think he's just going to show back up and be like, I'm back. I mean, there's that entire other cell block that right. got infiltrated. And you're right. There's a lot of characters that we don't know about. So it'll be interesting to see what day. I always record it, so I get it mixed up. What day does The Walking Dead come Today. on? Tonight. Tonight. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, 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 we we'll try the, to track this Dead, on Sundays. Yeah, Boardwalk Empire. It's a lot, of good, a lot of good TV shows going. Sons of Anarchy was talking about that. Uh, I think they jumped a shark this past week. Jump the shark, and Carlo was telling me what jump the shark means. Yeah, jump the shark. Uh, Adam, you know about jump the shark, right? Yeah, I don't know about this. jump the shark. It's basically what happened Happy Days years ago when Fonz uh, was an episode where he jumped the shark with his motorcycle. In in uh, Hollywood, that term means your your show pretty much tanked. Oh, yeah. when you jump the shark, you're running like, out of yeah, ideas. you're running out of ideas. And the Sons and Anarchy idea of, uh, this past week was just ridiculous. It was the worst episode ever, and that's my one of my favorite shows. So it focused on the, the, the one guy, the transvestite. It was a whole episode about him. Uh, they had a car chase with him and everything. It was just ridiculous, man. It was a dumb plot, and it, it really threw me off uh, for the season, which I started out good, but it, it threw me off, man. The last episode really threw me off. Good stuff. We'll have to track it, and, and we'll, we'll talk about the, the Walking Dead and Tyrese's. I mean, how mad are you if you're Tyrese? You go to bring your girl flowers, and you're really excited. And then you find that she's been burnt and she's dead. Yeah, Your entire pretty, body's yeah. just been incinerated. It's going to be interesting to see how that story unfolds tonight. I can't wait. We broke down the first half of the NFL quarterbacks. Now, quickly, we've got about 10 minutes left. Let's break down the other side of the NFL and see how the NFC quarterbacks are. We already did the entire AFC. Dallas Cowboys really instigated our discussion here. Is, uh, is Kitna still the backup at uh, Dallas? No, I don't think Kitna's still Kittner's in the league. Right. I, he may be, though. You never know. He's a guy that can stick around for 15, 16 years. He is. He is. He's the type guy, but I don't think he is. Let's see. John Kitna. But once again, it proves to you that quarter, there's a shortest of quarterbacks in the NFL, and there's not a lot of quality quarterbacks out there at all. So the Dallas Cowboys, they at least have a good quarterback. You can't deny that. He's okay. No, I think he's elite. He's elite? Top 10? Come on. Well, yeah, he's top 10. He's not elite. Well, then what, what is elite? Super Bowl's elite. Tom Brady. Peyton Manning, Drew Eli. Brees, Eli. Drew, yeah, Drew Brees. Uh, Joe Flacco. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger. You just said you didn't think Ben well, Roethlisberger was any Super good. Bowls. Are you kidding me? You about this season, he's not. But he's, he's elite because he has two Super Bowls. Okay, okay. So then, okay. All right. New York Giants got a quarterback, Eli Manning. Washington Redskins got RG3. The best backup, Kirk Cousins. Okay. Philadelphia Eagles got Nick Foles, Michael you know, Vick. You no, know, last week I said Matt Mike Barkley. Vick was done. Yep. Did you see the game last week? Nick Foles suck. Uh, Barkley was just awful. He was just throwing interception after interception. I think he threw three picks coming off the bench. It was to the point where I, uh, I think Avant, the wide receiver, he's a terrible wide receiver. Even he was disgusted by Barkley's play. I mean, we talked about Chip Kelly, his offense, and how explosive it's going to be. His pace. He's going to run more plays Even I said it last week. Else. I said Mike Vick was done. It's time for the Foles-Barkley experiment. And they gave us a taste of it last week, and I was wrong. They, those guys are terrible. 
<laughs> They're not NFL quarterbacks. Matt, Mike Vick's the best option, obviously. Matt Barkley is the all-time leader, leading passer in the history of the Pac-10. Really? Yeah. Wow. He started every from day one as a freshman. Yeah, he, he tricked off his senior year. Should have went pro after his junior year. He would have been a top five, top But apparently pick. he's not cut out for the NFL. I may be jumping the gun to say Well, he that. was thrown he's in there. He didn't take any first-team snaps that week. Was thrown in there because Nick Foles got hurt. So, but still, I mean, it, it was bad. Then you have Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson yeah, and even yeah. Riley Cooper. Hey, speaking of Riley Cooper, I just picked him up on my fantasy team this week. I had no choice. <laughs> he he caught a touchdown. Caught a touchdown a last week. Yeah, I yeah. had no choice. Rodney so, White, Rodney White, White's out. There's worse options. Uh, out there. There's a lot of buys this week. You know, uh, I got Gates and Clark on my team. They're they're all on buys. Indianapolis is on a buy this week. Staying on the Eagles and our man. Trevor Kelsey, Bacon's favorite team. Trevor they they re-released the rankings of the most hated player and for the umpteenth or however many consecutive years, the most hated player in the NFL is Michael Vick. Still? Yep, wow, still. They're not over that yet? People hate him. Wow. I figured they'd be over that by now. Arizona Cardinals? Well, you know why they're not over it? Because he hasn't won anything. Winning cures everything. He's not winning. If he wins the Super Bowl, yeah. He could go to being the most loved player in the yeah. NFL. I mean, hey, if Mike Tyson can be forgiven for being a rapist, you can forgive Mike Vick. Arizona Cardinals have Carson Palmer at quarterback. Say what you will, I think they could do a lot worse. Drew Stanton is his backup. Actually, Stanton uh, came in last year and played pretty good in uh, uh, Stafford's absence. Oh, no, that was more, right? It wasn't Stanton. For his career, he has five touchdowns, nine interceptions. I mean, this is how bad the backups are, man. It's terrible. Carson Palmer's a, a adequate quarterback. He's about he's awful. 15th through 20th. He's terrible. He's not even a top 20 quarterback. He's, he's in the lower team. echelon. San Francisco 49ers, they got Colin Kaepernick. Do you think he's the long-term option? He has no choice but to be. Yeah, in today's NFL. Harbaugh put all his eggs in that basket. Seattle Seahawks got Russell Wilson. Obviously, he is. He's the man. He's the man. Another team that got rid of Matt Flynn. Yeah. I can't believe Matt Flynn. I mean, he he's made a lot yeah, of money. Made a lot of money. Being a seventh round draft pick. Yeah. He won a, a national championship. That one game with Green Bay when he threw for six touchdowns got yeah. him a big contract. It did. One game. Got him more than a big contract. Yeah. He got him like three from different teams. Hey, he might be getting a, a pension from the league. He's been in, what, five years? I'll yeah. always resent him because Brian Brown was drafted by the, the Packers in the second round. And then that same year, they took Matt Flynn in the seventh round. And then from day one... Matt Flynn's the backup to Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. I hated it. St. Louis Rams, they've got Sam Bradford. He's hurt. Very mediocre year. when healthy. That's the team that actually reached out to Brett Favre, the 44-year-old. You know what I hate about this, man? You know, Brett Favre, he's in the best shape of his life. He's been working out uh, at, at his home in Mississippi, uh, picking up logs and running 10 miles a day. He's in the best shape he's ever been in, uh, football shape. Yeah, right. He's 44 years old. He doesn't old. say that he is, though. He's been sitting on the couch. No, you know, that's kind of disrespect to the league when you say a guy's 44 years old can come in and just start right away. You think he's better than half the quarterbacks that's in the league right now at 44? No. You don't think so? No, I you don't. You think he's better than Christian Ponder? McLemon? It's hard to say that he wouldn't be. It is hard. <laughs> TJ You mean Cleo Lemon? Is that his name? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember Lemon. Kellen Clemens is starting for Schwab. St. Louis. Brady Quinn is the backup. Wow. And... Uh, Quarterbacks in the NFL get such a hard rap, though. I mean, people hate Tony Romo. Well, he's thrown for more yards than anyone in through his first, first however many games. If I he mean, wins the Super Bowl, he has, I mean, and it's not going to happen. He won't get a pass. Not with Dallas. He won't. I, I can think back on hearing people that I've talked to 
through my work or wherever it was that I, I was talking to people, who said, confidently, Eli Manning is not an NFL quarterback. No team will ever make a run at a Super Bowl with Eli Manning as the quarterback. And I didn't just hear that from one person. I heard it from a lot of people. Ten years later, he's won two Super Bowls. Where are those people at? With his arm. Armchair quarterbacks is what it is. A lot of people analyzing NFL quarterbacks, Monday morning quarterbacks. I mean, everybody likes to rip on quarterbacks, and I'm guilty of it too. I, I rip on— Yeah, you rip your own guy, Dalton, and he's leading you guys to the promised land. Yeah, like. but that's because he's got all the tools. He has got. He literally has one of the best defenses in the league, and he has A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. If he can't get it done with that, then it— But it looks like he is, so I, I digress. Chicago Bears got um, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. McCown's the backup. McCown's the backup. So he'll be uh, at least there for another four weeks. Detroit Lions got Matt Stafford. You got to say he's a long-term option. Yeah. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Minnesota Vikings, Christian Ponder. They don't. They, they're looking for their quarterback. I mean, they, know they what, may they, need to trade Adrian they, Peterson. No, they gave Josh. Yeah, you're right. They need to trade. They may need to do the Herschel Walker type of deal. Who they trade him to? Good Bengals question. will take him. Uh, Dallas will probably take him. But you know what? There's a shortage of, a shortage of running backs. I mean, running backs, you can get them anywhere. So it's not, not a running not, back lead. Not Adrian it's Peterson. It's not a running back lead anymore. You can't get Adrian Peterson style running it's not, back. But how, he's 28 years old. How much is, is in the tank? 30, year, 30 years old is the uh, the life expectancy for a running back in the NFL. Is he tradable? Yeah. Yeah. Is but, he, uh, were you going to trade away to, uh, to number one, a number one draft pick for Adrian Peterson? No. A number one draft pick? No. One number one draft pick? I wouldn't give a number one draft I would. pick. I wouldn't. I would. You can find a running back in, in late rounds. You can find a running back off waivers. Not like Adrian Peterson, though. Not a game but what changer. what good is it doing for Minnesota? They don't have uh, the defense or the uh, quarterback. They got Jared Allen. You got one guy. <laughs> they got Kevin Williams. They got too. Leslie Frazier, head coach. He's a defensive-minded guy. Atlanta Falcons got Matt Ryan. How elite is Matt Ryan? I mean, he was the flavor of the month a couple years ago. Matty Ice. He got the cool nickname. He came He's, from Boston College, and and he. But like, if Tony Romo, if he wins the championship, then it's going to switch over to Matty Ice hasn't won one. All that attention to be put on him to win a big one. He's in the same bucket as Tony Romo. Carolina Steve said he loves Cam Newton. I like him too. Cam Newton is underrated, man. He's ca- he's quietly one of the top. He's right above a game manager. I think he's a step above a game manager when it comes to quarterback in the NFL. That's fair. So top fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Top fifteen. New Orleans Saints obviously got one of the best quarterbacks statistically in the history of the game. Drew Brees. Who's his backup? They've got a short. Like guy. I said, your your quarterback goes out in the NFL. Nobody has a backup that can step in and step up to the plate and pick up the pieces. It's bad. I'm looking up who the, who the backup is because you asked. Tampa Bay. We know they don't have a quarterback. Kelly Bussall Patrick's in the market. <laughs> I couldn't even play quarterback in middle school, Carlo. <laughs> it's been a great week. We appreciate you tuning in to us on 1450 AM, the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville and in the southern Indiana area. Carlo and I, every Sunday from 9 until 10 for the knockout hour, where we talk the fight game, and then every Saturday from 9 to 11, and every Sunday from 10 till 12 for more of the weekend sports buzz.